South Carolina State dominates the Celebration Bowl as Corey Fields shows up big, the Jackson State offense falters, and we have three ways that the Travis Hunter to Jackson State move could impact the swag. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to us by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. And this was a big-time game. I hyped it up all week. We went on a journey discussing the ins and outs of the Celebration Bowl, South Carolina State versus Jackson State. And I think if you ask everybody to pick somebody, for the most part, it would be Jackson State to win. You'd be kind of looking like the Sunday Night Football crew who picked the Buccaneers and Buccaneers and Buccaneers, and you had that one person who decided to pick the Saints. And Drew Brees, and he was right. So if you were that one person, if you were the Drew Brees in this situation, give yourself a round of applause, give yourself a pat on the back, because you deserve it. I personally did not think that they were going to win. I would have picked Jackson State if I was asked to pick somebody. So if you're that one person to pick South Carolina State, give yourself a round of applause and make some noise for yourself, because you deserve that. You deserve that. I think a lot of people would have went with Jackson State. It was the easy one. But the, a big reason that South Carolina State was able to win this game was because of Corey Fields Jr. I I I I look, I look, I talked about this guy a lot. And he was everything that the Bulldogs needed and more on Saturday. When I was at, I remember when I was at Texas Southern and I was I was covering the games and I was doing the, the post games, right? I was always sign off and it was always a call to the to the fans. This isn't about the players, but it was always a call to the Tiger fans. And I would say, show up, show out. And show love, Tigers. That's what I would always say how I would sign out, right? Because I want it. I want that fan interaction. But that's not even important. But that's what I would say. Show up, show out, and show love. Well, Corey Fields showed up. He definitely showed out. So now I got to show love, right? Because this is a guy who I don't think my tone was the most optimistic about. I think I was looking at him as don't be the reason that South Carolina State loses. I kind of feel like that's what my tone was throughout the throughout the week, even though that's not really exactly what I was saying. But part of it was saying, like, you have to be the thing that takes takes them over the edge. But I looked at it, and I feel like I, I discussed his interception problems. Um, I discussed how that wasn't the way they wanted to get offense, and you had to make a couple of plays. I kind of, I kind of compared him to Jimmy Garoppolo as far as if you could minimize him, you would. So... I don't think my tone was was great about Corey Fields Jr., honestly, in, in reviewing the last couple of episodes when I'm talking about him. I did mean the things I said. It was very important because they do want to run the ball. If there was one thing I could change, it might be minimizing him to that extent, like comparing him to the eight eight um, attempts a game quarterback. That wasn't really that wasn't really fair to of him to him. I would say that. But man, let's let's go through and look at the, some of the things that I said 
because I did place a heavy focus on him coming into the game. On Thursday's episode, I highlighted Fields and said Fields versus the passing defense of Jackson State. You have to make sure that you're not turning the ball over. You have to make sure that you're making one or two plays in what would be a close game. Completely wrong. Completely wrong. No, let's let's go through everything first and then go through it, right? So on Friday, I then said he was the key to victory offensively, saying that he needed to be safe with the ball and rise to the occasion. Now let's go through him. Thursday, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. I thought he was going to need to make one or two plays. I even said you're not going to blow them out. They blew them out. I did not see this coming. I, I tweeted this out during the game. I expected Jackson State to win. Well, I thought Jackson State was going to win. I knew that South Carolina State had a chance, but I never would have expected it to go down the way it went down. You're looking at a game where you're blowing out a team that has been one of the better FCS teams in the nation. Not HBCU teams in the nation, not teams in the SWAC. One of the better FCS teams in the nation, and you're blowing them out. There was a lot of steam and a lot of heat on Jackson State. So for you to go out like this, whew, that's big. But it's bigger because South Carolina State did it to you. I think that's that's what needs to be pointed out, right? So I was dead wrong on that. I had no idea. I thought he had to make a couple of plays in a close game for them to pull it out. I didn't think he was going to have to make a couple of plays for them to run away with it. But he did. He completely did that. I said he needed to stay safe with the ball and rise to the occasion. Other than a first half interception, he was completely safe with the ball. I didn't see many turnover-worthy plays. He wasn't putting the ball in danger a lot. He went out there and he executed and did everything he needed to do and rise to the occasion. Oh, my God. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. A plus when it comes to rising to the occasion. I discussed thinking he need to ha- he needed to have two, three big plays. Make plays and moments. He answered the bell every single time they needed. It was slow in the first half. His second half was an explosion. And they presented opportunity after opportunity because there was multiple times that receivers were getting behind that Jackson State secondary. But it just looked like they weren't going to be able to do anything about it. It looked like that was going to kind of be the trajectory of the game in the first in the first quarter. Or the first half, really. But then you look at it. In the second half, he came out absolute firing, firing, firing. And there's two specific plays that I want to point out. One was a 4th and 19 back shoulder pass to Will Vereen. Who I thought they were calling the Wolverine at first. But his name is Will Vereen. That play, that play to just even call was like, whoa, buddy. You you calling, you going for it on 4th and 19. It was 4th and 19 and you're up. So to even go for it on 4th down in that situation, it's just, it just shows the kahunas of buddy, man. I'm like, man, I would have I kicked it. Now, I don't know if either the kicker just is no bueno or he was just feeling gutsy. But getting in on fourth and 19 was a big moment. And it really felt like, okay, this is over. Jackson State can't do anything about this. There's nothing else that can be done or will be done. So the call was big. But then when you look at Corey Fields and his throw, that's what was bigger. A back shoulder pass put it right where it needed to be. Nobody else was going to get it on fourth and 19 just ahead of the sticks, close enough to where the Jackson defender thought it might have been, well, it might have been short. It was a, it was about a yard and a half good, but it was close enough for that. So it was right at the sticks. He knew where he needed to put it. He put it there, and the, and the receiver caught it. 
That was one of the better throws that I've seen him make all day. And it wasn't even a touchdown, and he had four of those. He had four touchdowns, and I want to highlight one of them that I thought was just a fantastic throw to Mr. Shaq Davis. Shaq Davis is somebody we're going to get into tomorrow. We're probably going to give a deeper dive of him and his performance in this game in tomorrow's episode because he deserves his own segment. He really does because he was absolutely fantastic. But he threw this corner route to Shaq Davis, put it right on the money, and it was right after a turnover. Man, throw was mean. And he was very efficient after turnovers. So that wasn't the only time. They had three turnovers Jackson State did, and there was touchdowns on all three of them. So they got 21 points off of touchdowns all coming through the air. Corey Fields Jr. was everything that Jackson State, or excuse me, that South Carolina State wanted and more. Couldn't ask for it. When I tell you he needed to make a couple of plays, I was dead wrong. He did make those couple of plays, but not to pull it out. He did it to run away. When I told you he needed to be safe with the ball, you look through the majority of the game, he was. And when I tell you he needed to rise to occasion, he was the occasion. He was one of the better players on the field. Corey Fields Jr., showed up and showed out so I had to show love and I'm going to be talking about the Jackson State offense that did not show out they did show up but they did not show out and we're going to be discussing how they faltered late in the season and has finally come to bite them in the butt in the worst possible time but first let's talk about prize picks have you heard of this prize picks is daily fantasy made easy I love it and I know you will too Prize Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more props than anyone in the world. All kinds of star players from the Power Five, mid-majors, players you might not have heard of. So go look up somebody and, I don't know, put something down on them because you might you might make some money off of them. But Prize Picks can offer you props from yardage, touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So if you want to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100, use the promo code Locked On. You pick two to five players. Do the over under on the projections, so it's just you versus the projections. So ain't nobody gonna beat you, just yourself. Prize picks, you can do mixed sports entries. You can take the over on Corey Fields Jr. yards. And you can take the unders on LeBron interceptions. Or excuse me, LeBron's uh turnovers. Use the award-winning app. You can get on the App Store, Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, so don't tell me about no time that you gotta do. It's quick and easy. And it's safe too with fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate, go to prizepicks.com. Or go to the app, doesn't matter, but make sure you're using the promo code locked on. Prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. What's going on, family? As we keep on rolling with today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day and make sure you're checking out the Ultimate College Football Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. And Jackson State is feeling bad because in the biggest game of the season, they came up short. And the reason that they came up short is not anything new. It's something that they have been struggling with at the end of this season. And that is the offense. The offense has struggled at the end of the year. And let's keep that in mind because though we're going to talk about that at the end of the episode or at the end of this segment, excuse me, I want to start off with this game versus South Carolina State. It is a trend though. Remember that. Jackson State's faltering offense has finally come to bite them in the butt. And in South Carolina State game or versus South Carolina State, between the end of the first half and two minutes left in the third quarter, they only had two first downs. That shows you just how much they were struggling to get the ball moving. And look, 
it was a rough goal of it for the offense. I know a lot of people will point to Shadur Sanders and his struggles in this game, and I think they would be completely right to do so. That's where they should point their fingers because he was not good in this game. Unfortunately, he has not been good in the last two games. There was a good amount of pressure on him. He was clearly uncomfortable in the pocket, and he wasn't making good throws, honestly. When there was throws there, he just wasn't making them. And the, the television copy doesn't allow you to see it all, but it would be interesting to see the all 22 or be able to see all players on the field and just be able to look and see, was there anybody open? Because he seemed to hold on to the ball for a long time. I don't know if there was just nobody open. Maybe there was some, some small openings that maybe he should have pulled the trigger on, but he didn't. These are things you don't really get to see with the broadcast copy. But as far as the front line goes, he was uncomfortable in the pocket, but there was times when he had a pocket, but he scrambled out of them. It just felt like he was running around, didn't feel like he really needed to be moving in the pocket how he was, and it led to more pressure. The offensive line was poor as well. I give him that. And I think part of that led to Shadur's struggle. I think that they got some pressure on him early, and then he kind of got happy feet, and now he's bouncing around. But this was a time where, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You just don't want to say it, especially not at the end of the season, one that you just had like Jackson State. Shadur looked like a freshman. In a big moment, he looked like a freshman quarterback. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I just think that we have come to expect more. You know, this is the freshman of the year. You've come to expect more, but he struggled in that game. It looked like once he started feeling the heat, anytime it was there or anytime it was kind of there, he felt it again. Mm, that guy might get off the block. Now I'm getting antsy. And, and that's what it ultimately felt like. Um, he had three turnovers in this game. I wouldn't put the two turnovers on him. I mean, two interceptions on him, really. I thought one interception hit the receiver dead in the hands, or at least in the chest, I should say, because he didn't really put his hands on it. And it bounced up, and it was an interception. Then the second one got tipped. They were unfortunate situations. However, they were bad. You know, it happened. But that fumble, that fumble where he ran around, and he ended up getting sacked, and he was all loosey-goosey with the ball, that's completely on him. He has to be better in that situation, period. There's not really any going around it. If Jackson State wanted to come back in this game, Shadur Sanders was going to have to make some plays. The same way I was talking about Corey Fields, that's what Jackson State needed out of Shadur. And he didn't give it to him in this game. And I'm not here to rag on the guy. He had a phenomenal season. There was some struggles late, you know. But Coach Prime, he talked about it at halftime. Talked about he thought they were going to come in here and lay down. Or at least the team thought they were going to come here and lay down. They don't believe. And it was a cool little insight. I mean, not for Jackson State fans, but just for me at least. It was a nice little insight looking into the locker room because we're used to, to Prime being this congenial guy, this really well-spirited person. But sometimes you got to get serious, and that's what it is as a coach. And that's what happened. But like I said, this is not the first time. This isn't the second time that this has happened. I would honestly look and say this is the third time in the last four games. Aside from the Alcorn State game, they have really struggled offensively. Defense has been able to hold them down, but this time you're giving up 30 points. First time in the season they're giving up 30 points. But also, how many turnovers do you need to give them in the red zone before your, before your defense just breaks? That 4th and 19 throw was tough. That was tough. Oh, congenial. Word of the day. I meant to say that. But that 4th and 19 throw was tough. There were some times when the defense was giving stuff up. But when you're on the field in so many short situations, you're going to give up some points. You would have liked to have it some be some field goals, but... The offense can't put him in that situation. Overall, Sanders has to be better with the ball. 
even in that ball they got tipped you just got to you got to be better man you got to you got to feel it better you got to do all of these things i don't really blame the the one that got batted up off the off the receiver on him at all there's really no place on that i thought it was a really good throw the receiver just didn't catch it but let's look at these games let's look at southern they needed 14 fourth quarter points to get a win versus southern this is not a bashing of southern it's just simply they scored seven points in the second quarter and didn't score again until the last six minutes of the game say what you want at the end of the game Shadir Sanders his stats look okay he's efficient didn't miss too many passes um he had enough a nice amount of yards two touchdowns on the day decent day but that big black mark is the two interceptions he didn't miss many passes on the day but when he did miss they were big time misses they were interceptions you can't have that and that's not that's just not how he's been the whole year it wasn't Alcorn game they're fired. Boom, skip over that. But then you look at the Prairie View game in the SWAC championship. Should have had the worst game of this season. Poor completion percentage. Not even 100 yards. He truthfully struggled in that game. And, and I want to say this, especially on South Carolina State. Usually, I give props to the defense because they're forcing these things. And they are. However, when it's a trend in the way that it is, where you have a game against Southern, you have a game against Prairie View in the SWAC championship, and now you have another game where you struggle offensively, and this just so happens to bite you in the butt, I feel like I have to point this out. I don't really like to be negative or put a negative spin on it. This just called for it. I had to do it. Now, I, I would love to come in here and boost up the South Carolina State defense because, boy, do they deserve it. They were phenomenal. They were absolutely phenomenal. They dominated the trenches. And, I, and if I can say something quick about them, I would. They dominated the trenches. They locked up over the top. They confused and, and pressured Shadur. Every bad thing that I'm saying about Shadur Sanders in the offensive line in the South Carolina State game was not because they were just making miscues by themselves. South Carolina State's defense was forcing them into these problems. They were beating up the offensive line. They were breaking through and caused Shadur to have happy feet and start seeing things. That's what happened. So I want to give props to them. But when I'm looking at the trend of Jackson State struggling offensively against Southern until the last six minutes of the game and scoring two touchdowns in the last six minutes. Okay. I'm looking at Prairie View. They have all these turnovers. They do nothing with them. They need two touchdowns from special teams and, and defense one apiece to really run away with the game. And they need an absolute lockdown performance, forcing four turnovers on the day from the defense. I look at those type of things. When the defense doesn't have that kind of performance, and they didn't against South Carolina State, this is the result you get. You lose in a manner that you lose because the offense was extremely stagnant and they could not move for the majority of the game. And that's simple as plain. That's what it was in the offense of Jackson State. As good as it has been in the last four games of the season, we saw them falter in three of them. And in the last game of the season, it finally come to bite them in the butt and they lost the game in a really bad fashion. Going forward, we're going to talk about some good news for Jackson State and hopefully good news for the SWAC. And that's three ways that Travis Hunter's decision to join the Tigers can impact the rest of the conference. But before we get into all of that, let me tell you guys about my people Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march into the playoffs. That's collegiate, because I told you guys the ultimate college football preview. Make sure you guys checking that out. The playoffs right around the corner. NFL, they're not too far away either. 
So remember that Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Go to the desktop because look, they just updated it. It looks really nice. Or you can go to the mobile website. That's cool too. But make sure that you use the promo code Locked On and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Locked On, L O C K E D O N, to receive your bonus. You can do basketball, football, hockey, boxing. NHL, or if you just want to chill and play your favorite Vegas casino games, that's fine too. Whatever you do, just make sure you're not waiting to take advantage of all the amazing offers available on the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest. I like fast, I like easy. Fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. This holiday season, grab a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar and even better than some of them. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor and covered in chocolate, but low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, high in protein, so you're getting the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Don't try to choose between raspberry and peanut butter brownie. They're all delicious. Just get all of these flavors. And they'll give you that extra fuel to bust down mall doors if you're trying to get some late Christmas shopping in. There's a lot of people who are procrastinating. Get you a Built Bar. It'll give you the activation that you need, okay? Or if you're just standing in line, get you a little snack as well. Don't tell anybody your favorite flavor because people get passionate. They might want to fight about it. Just buy them one. You know, just, I'll get you a, a little peanut butter brownie. Make sure you dip it into your stocking or put it in your stocking. Dip it into your hot chocolate. Mix it around. Melt the bar. This is pro tips I'm just giving you guys. Melt the bar and get you a little bit of flavor within your drink. So make sure you're going to Built.com using the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your offer. Listen to me and listen to me close. Go to Built.com. And use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your offer. Alright family, as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, we're going to close it out with three ways that Travis Hunter to Jackson State can impact the SWAT. This is a move that impacts all HBCUs, but I want to specifically look within the conference. Just because that's where Jackson State resides and that's who will feel a lot of the effects, both good and bad, for their programs. They'll feel that. The good the good comes in. Nah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's look at these three ways because I think the obvious thing to say is that they'll recruit better. Rising tide lifts all boats, I believe is the cliche. Maybe to a certain extent. However, I'm a Marvel guy, right? I, I love me some Marvel. Tomorrow, you listen to this on Monday. Tomorrow, on Tuesday, I will be going to watch Spider-Man. So don't be hitting me with no spoilers. I do not want to hear any spoilers, okay? But I will be out there, and I ain't going to give you no spoilers when I watch it. But there's multiple universes, multiple timelines where it's not a rising tide lifts all boats. So let's get into number one. Let's not dance around it. Let's get into number one. It's pessimistic, but I feel like it's a necessary way to look at it. It's a one-off move. Travis Hunter's the only big-time guy who wants to go to an HBCU. They don't restore it. He, he comes, he plays his four years, and it is what it is. Very pessimistic. I don't think this is how it turns out. Mind you, I'm going to get more positive. Just follow me, right? Listen to me. But that could be the case, and things just regress to the mean because he wants to be a trailblazer. But there's a chance where he isn't a trailblazer. He's just a one-off guy, and it regresses to the mean. And I do mean regress because I do think that HBCUs getting a higher influx of talent is good for college football. Maybe not those D1 schools. I don't think it's really going to impact them because there's enough five stars and not everybody's going to decide, I want to be down for this cause. I want to do this because that's what Hunter's doing. Or, okay, you can go there. Not everybody's going to do that. There's going to be enough five stars, going to be enough five-star quarterbacks from all over the land to where 
oh, I can go to Alabama or I can follow Lincoln Riley to USC because he knows how to develop quarterbacks. Or I can go to LSU because, hey, they always put talent into the league. Or I can go to Ohio State because their players get drafted high all the time. There's going to be enough incentive from these big time programs and way too many prospects for you to feel like HBCUs are going to be the premier at least not in the next couple of years. Like, I just don't see that happen. That's going to take a long time of establishment. And it's going to be difficult. Let's put it there. But you can add some more competitors to the FCS landscape, hopefully with some Celebration Bowl adjustments that we talked about earlier in the year. But I just don't see the harm in adding more competitors. Things get more competitive, I think it's better. I don't see any harm. I see a whole lot of benefit. So let's get into number two. All the big-time talent decides to go to Jackson State. It's not what I want to see. I don't think any of you should want to see it. But that's not what I want to see, but I could see it happening. Deion Sanders is Deion Sanders. Travis Hunter is the number one prospect in the country. Everybody can say, I want to go join that bandwagon. They might not see it as a HBCU. I can go to an HBCU and get highlighted, but I'm not going to get highlighted like I would at Jackson State. All eyes going to be Jackson State. If you're a receiver, let's put it very clear. If you're a receiver... In any of the other SWAC schools, you better show up and show your behind if you're going to be going against Jackson State because all eyes will be on those games all year. I would not be shocked to see every single Jackson State Tiger game, football-wise, televised on some ESPN flat platform, whether that's ESPN 1, 2, U, or ESPN+. Plus. It would not shock me, so you better bring your best if you're a wide receiver going against Travis Hunter because everybody's going to be looking at him. But this is great for Jackson State, not so much for everybody else. It's not, not really great for everybody. And I think this situation where you see Travis Hunter doing it by himself because he can't do this. This is not a movement that he can really make by himself. He, he can do it. He can start it, but he can't continue it and make it fruitful by himself. So all the top players who want to go to an HBCU could go to Jackson State, making Jackson State a swack juggernaut and people just following him and following Prime. If it's just Travis Hunter by himself, I think that's a realistic thing. But here goes the one that we all want. And mind you, it wouldn't be great, but it would be good. I would love to see Jackson State become some sort of juggernaut. And I think the ramifications of that is something else that we will talk about in the in the later on in the, in the, in the week. Not in the episode, but in the week. Um, and that's people just talking about Prime becoming too big for Jackson State. Something we're going to talk about. I'm just giving you guys a little sneak previews. I gave you the Shaq uh, tidbit, and I'm giving you the Jackson State. Or Prime getting too big for Jackson State tidbit. I'm, I'm giving you guys little nuggets, all right? Little Easter eggs. Just make sure y'all remember as we go through it on, uh, during the week. But I think number three is the way that we all want it to go. And personally, me at least. Travis Hunter gets some help and other players go to HBCUs. Not Jackson State. HBCUs. Jackson State is included in that category. But they are not the category themselves. This is how we should all want it. This is the rising tide raises all boats approach in a certain way. Players have to decide that this is a good cause. In the same way that Hunter did. I think the, the thought is Hunter is being so highly recruited yet choosing Jackson State will make it clear you don't have to use HBCUs as a last resort. You can want to go here. That's perfectly fine. You should want to go here. But let's go to other ones. And I think this happens through two ways. It comes from teams having talent slash good recruiting classes. And then just being good teams, you know. And being a good team does not mean being better than Jackson State. Clearly that helps, right? You knock off Jackson State, that's going to be a, a nice feather in your cap. But I think getting good recruiting classes is more important than being better than Jackson State. You just have to be good. Look at FAMU. FAMU 
took them down to the wire. It was a tough game. Obviously, obviously, FAMU has talent. Obviously, FAMU, I think FAMU's about to have the, the FCS Defensive Player of the Year in Isaiah Land. They have talent. They are a destination I would want to go to. Some of it's going to be recruiting hometown, home, hometown talent. But look at FAMU. I want to go there. If I want to go to an HBCU, I go to FAMU. You tell me I can't. FAMU is, is a great area. You know, I know people at FAMU. It's a great area. Great, great environment. Love it. You think that they won't want to go there? But it's going to be hard. You look at Alabama A&M. They were just swag champions in the spring. You know, a lot of people gloss over it. And by a lot of people, I'm a lot of people. That's my name. Hello. Nice to meet you. But it's at the same time. It's like they weren't bad that long ago. They're not even bad now. You see people, they're ranking them as the fourth best HBCU school. They have talent. I realize that's somewhere I can want to go. I can prosper there. So those are the things that you need. You look at SWAC test, I mean Southern testing them. PV, SWAC West champions. They might be looking for the head coach right now, but with the right head coach, they can bring them in. They can bring them in with the right head coach. You can start bringing people in. Maybe that's Kevin Sumlin. Who knows? Maybe that's who they're looking at. But I think that Travis will be looked at as the leader of the movement. Jackson State will be looked at as the universities pushing through, and they deserve that, right? That's that's what they should be. But you're going to need supporters to come in in the form of other players and other schools and bring them in. Got to be good, though. Got to make people want to go because you shouldn't expect these players to want to come to these schools and revitalize the program. It might happen, but you shouldn't expect them to want to do that. That's a lot to put on, on somebody's shoulders. But I think the case is Jackson State, Travis Hunter, and schools around the country already within the SWAT, you're seeing them get in these bigger players. It's a it's a whole movement, man. Jackson State will be the leader. Travis Hunter will be the leader. But you're going to have other people. Alabama State takes a guy who was recruited heavily to go to uh, Ole Miss. Jack Grambling. Uh, Kajaya uh, Holloway. Excuse me, that was a difficult name. But Kajaya Holloway. UCLA transfer. Didn't even play at UCLA. Only there for one year. Decided to come to Grambling. He has a whole... He has all of his eligibility, four years. This could easily be an establishing moment, foundation, a guy building forward that can revitalize Grambling, you know? You look at Howard. They just announced they're, they're, they're not in the swag, but I do want to mention them unless you're talking about soccer. They're in the swag there, so maybe I can tie it in. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but you look at Howard. They just announced their highest recruiting class in school history, brought in Edgerin James' son, excuse me, Eden James. And multiple other three stars. He did all of it without transfers. What was his point? Because he wanted to establish a foundation. You look at all these examples and players that we thought were going to the SEC. A Pac-12 quarterback transfer with all of his eligibility. And the best classes in school history. These are the type of things that we're talking about when we're talking about restoring the culture of HBCUs. And that's what we're all here to talk about on Locked on HBCU. So I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. So for your second listen of the day, make sure you're going on to Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. So make sure you're checking that out. And come back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about our NFL to HBCU pipeline as far as coaching goes. It's not something you want to miss. So make sure you come here. Make us your first listen of the day every day. And in the meantime, in between time, y'all know where y'all can catch me. You can catch me on the bird on the blue app. Yes, you can catch me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time we hear from each other, family. Take care and stay blessed. Peace.